You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals, and creator of The Deb Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. Every Sunday night, I lead the Goal Chat Twitter chat, and then on Mondays, I bring in three awesome people to dive deep into the topic, and then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of The Deb Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are glad you're here and so excited because today we're going to talk about creativity. And I love this topic. Okay, I love all the topics. I love all my guests. We know this. But it's especially now we need to find ways to express ourselves creatively and have more fun. So today I brought together some of shall we say, the most creative people I know to dive deep into creativity. I have Erin Brown, and I'm going to let her explain more about what a hot red carpet is. But let's just to say we met on a clubhouse and we're like instantly we have to be friends because we did. Also, we have Lowry Olofsson, who came via our friend Annie P. Ruggles, because when I was a guest on Annie's show talking about Alan McBeal and theme songs and mottos, she said, do you know Lowry? Because he writes theme songs for people. And I'm like, no, but I kind of have to now, don't I? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, so Lowry, great to have you here. And Lisa Rothstein and Lisa and Aaron, I don't know if you both know this, but you are both Innovation Women members. And, I, and I've known Lisa for years from um, my time with Social Media Examiner and working Social Media Marketing World. And you were both on the Innovation Women Clubhouse. And Lisa, I saw you in the Innovation Newsletter. And I'm like, haven't talked to Lisa in years. We need to reconnect. And when I have the topic, I mean, you can't have a creativity thing about without a cartoonist who's a visual storyteller, can you? Well, maybe you can, but I don't want to. So I, I love this group of people. I'm going to give you all an opportunity to share a little bit more about who you are and why you love creativity. And Erin, let's start with you. Excellent. Thanks for having me here today, Deb. The Deb. Um, I'm really excited to be here. And uh, Lisa, I love that you're an innovation woman. Um, yeah, so my name is Erin Brown, and my company is called Hot Red Carpet. 
I help people step into their own spotlight. I do this in two ways. I MC live events, both in person and virtually. Virtually, I did a lot of team bonding events. Uh, I hosted a game show for companies called Survey Says, which is basically a virtual version of Family Feud, um, which was a lot of fun. And then I also um, help people with their confidence skills. So I'm a confidence coach. Uh, because, you know, this kind of all evolved during the pandemic when everybody had to be on video, whether they want it to be or not. And before I did all this kind of stuff, I have 20 years of comedy experience. So I was in the showbiz world doing improv, stand up, sketch, uh, writing, you name it. I still dabble in that world. Um, but why I call it hot red carpet, because you're probably like, what the heck does that even mean? Um, I have. Well, I know. Okay, no. <laughs> I have a web series or a hot, it, it was called hot, hot on the red carpet. And it all started out a million years ago uh, as a one time thing, a joke where when I first came to LA from New York city, I was enthralled by that, the amount of award shows and the red carpets that were everywhere. And I thought it was a bit ridiculous. So I bought my own red carpet, which was basically a red bath mat. And I went to Hollywood Boulevard and started interviewing regular people people like as if they were going to the Oscars and it was like, who are you wearing? Are you nervous? And it took off. And ironically, I started covering events and getting actual A-list stars on my tiny red carpet. So that has evolved into a business of its own. And I do private events with that red carpet. That is so much fun. And what, and what you may not know is so my whole thing with the gold stars is back when I led my live writer support group, somebody once said, hey, Deb, where are my gold stars? They were kidding. I thought it was a great idea. And so I started bringing stars whenever I would lead these uh, meetings or workshops on goal setting. So things that start just for fun, they can evolve into like enormous parts of our brand. And that is just really awesome. So I'm glad you're here. Looking forward to chatting with you some more. I am going to invite Lowry now to introduce himself. And this is the first time we've met. We connected because Annie said we needed to, right? Um, but I am. I love what you do. So please tell everybody so they know also. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, my name is Lowry Olofsson. I live up in uh, British Columbia, right on the ocean, a little town. You have to take a ferry to get to where I live. And uh, I've been a songwriter, singer-songwriter all my life. So that was always my thing was to, to be a folk singer and to tour and put out my own albums and, and, and do that. And, and somewhere along the line, I started getting asked, first with kids, I started getting asked to, um, you know, talk to kids about songwriting and stuff in some of the towns I go in to do concerts. And, and so I thought, well, instead of just talking about it, why don't I just write a song with the kids and, and give them that experience? And um, it was pretty fun. I think the first song I wrote was called uh, I Slept In with, you know, a bunch of high school kids. And and um, and it and then that kind of what was sad about it in those days, this was quite a while ago. Uh, all we could do was record it on a cassette. You know, the kids didn't there was no way to perform the song for anybody, that kind of stuff. 
And so then I ended up developing an entire program where I did a concert after lunch and I had to turn into a kids performer. And and um, I, I did a lot of those. I created a program called From the Page to the Stage in One Day, which nearly killed me. Uh, it was, you know, pretty challenging to have to, you know, deliver a song and finish song in two and a half hours with 35 kids and then do a show and, you know, all that stuff. But um, But what I realized in the process, and I did over 500 of those. Um, and in the process, what, well, one, what I realized was that, you know, we are creating this, uh, you talk about creativity in this, this experience of, of group flow that we would get into that was highly creative and it was very safe and it was with the deadline and, and all this stuff. And it was a really powerful uh, process for people to be creative and to rediscover their creativity and be supported in that. And so then I did it later on. I started doing it as a team building or as uh, Aaron called it, team bonding exercise with uh, organizations. And and uh, it was also really powerful because people would come in uh, really doubting their own skills and, you know, kind of grumpy and saying, oh, I shouldn't be here. I don't you know, I have nothing to say and I have nothing to contribute and I can't sing. And and then by the end of it all, um, we would have just, you know, they'd be just ecstatic because we had done this thing together. And it's always, you know, this sense, I think, of creativity that that I feel as a songwriter all the time whenever I kind of wrestle a song to the ground and it's done and it's my words. And, and so, um, and then I started writing power songs as a when I was after I'd gone through a divorce and I was kind of trying to find my way again and and figure out what I wanted to do with my life and uh, kind of goal setting. It's it, power songs are really kind of a goal setting tool, um, and, and I wanted to do. Um, uh, somebody said, "Why don't you do affirmations?" And I said, "Well, you know, they seem to have limited value because you know you, you say I'm a millionaire and it's like no, you're not." And um, <laughs> so they create these arguments in your head and stuff. But but so she said, well, why don't you write a song? And so I wrote this song that goes, I got a house on the water and someone to love. I laugh and sing and work and play. I'm living in the flow, helping people grow. Joy and adventure every day. And um, it seemed unlikely that I was going to have a house on the ocean. But, you know, a year later, I was building a house on the ocean and not, you know, all this stuff kind of happened that was like hard to believe and, and so then you know people started asking me for power songs and they wanted to write power songs too and and so I ended up I've written I don't know 50 or 60 power songs now with people all over the place in the process of kind of getting clear about what you want and then having a tool that lifts you out of that sort of you know I'm depressed I'm depressed you know kind of <laughs> this kind of physiological change that occurs with music you know when you sing whether you sing well or not so um yeah so that's that's power songs and that's what i do and uh, i love it that is awesome and i i'm so excited because that's exactly what it is i i talk about you've got your mission and then your motto that's the driving force and it could be a theme song, it could be a title, it could be whatever. But when you have that thing that invigorates you, that yeah. really is your guiding force. Um, yeah. Amazing. Lisa, great to see you. You too, you too. Um, it's, it's fantastic to be here. I love I love the power songs, Laurie. I'm going to learn a little bit more about that. That sounds great. Um, because we all have these things like kind of running our heads all the time, regardless. Like I did a lot of, and it kind of leads right into 
my action. Um, like Erin, I have previous life. Um, I am a cartoonist now and I do consulting and, and, and other things. But for over 20 years, I was in the advertising business as a copywriter and an, and a, an associate creative director. So if anybody here is old enough to remember, wait till we get our Hanes on you for, for Hanes um, underwear. Um, that was me. So I like to say I changed your underwear because we, <laughs> we completely... We completely changed the, uh, the the brand perception, and it did very. That campaign did very well for many many years. Um, and you know, I uh, I've always loved cartooning um, since I was a little kid. And um, but you know, having been raised by you know parents who who grew up during the depression, they literally said to me almost every day, "You're going to be out on the street selling pencils. You're going to be out on the street selling pencils." If I tried to do anything like artistic as a, as work, so that's how I ended up in the ad business, which I loved. But you know. After I um I was overseas for a while with my job, and then after I came back to the states, I I was freelancing, and um, little by little I began to notice I was doing more drawing with my clients to help them understand who their um, ideal client was, and we were drawing pictures all over the wall, and they're like, you know, you're really good at this. You should be doing you should be doing more of this. And, and like my clients were telling me they they needed me to be doing more more um more drawing and more cartooning to help tell stories and help them understand and see a vision of what their business could be see a vision of what their customers could be um and then one day i had uh, a person uh, a lady at e-women network um saw me drawing my own notes i've always drawn uh, pictures on my notes not just doodles but just like instead of writing them and she uh, she said oh i've seen people doing that on these big boards at like South by Southwest. I need you to come. I'm having a three day event. I need you to do this at my event. And I'm like, I've never done this in front of a, a bunch of people before. It's like a whole, it's a whole industry. I, it's not what I do. And she said, Oh, you'll be great. Don't worry about it. And she talked into it. And I said, well, okay, I, this may be a complete disaster. So, um, so don't, um, you know, just pay my expenses and then we'll see what, what happens. But three days later, um, you know, at 15 speakers and our, the board that I drew ended up being like 20 feet wide. Um, it was, it ended up, yeah, it ended up being a really, really fun experience. And I, it turns out I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So now, um, I do, um, you know, I do capture meetings and things. I'm going to try to show you this on my camera. This is from a recent social media marketing world that we just ended. Um, let me get myself out of the way a little bit so you can see more. Um, which is basically, this is the opening keynote speech. And I did about 20 of these in, uh, in, the, in the course of the three days of the event. Um, so, um, so that's pretty, uh, I was pretty excited about that. And uh, it really helps people remember the, um, what they've learned and, um, and be able to refer to it later because studies show that, that most people forget most of what they've heard after, like, after 24 hours, 75% of it is gone. And after three days, like 90% of it is gone. All these things you thought you were gonna remember forever. So, um, so my mission, I feel like is to help people, um, you know, retain knowledge, remember things, understand each other better, and be able to, um, be able to smile a little bit about that. And so as, as Deborah mentioned, I think before we came on, um, my, one of my bucket list things is that I, I, I a few years ago became, uh, joined the ranks of New Yorker cartoonists, um, which is like, you know, the Super Bowl of cartooning. So I'm very excited about that. So, um, you can't really see it very well. But um, this is a uh, cartoon that I did last year, and of course, of course, the the um, promotional thing popped up while I was while I was waiting here. Make that go away. But it's this is basically this is when we thought the pandemic was only going to last like a couple of months. <laughs> and so this is a picture of um, of hell, and um, and the the uh, the devil is saying to his little assistant, 
Uh, it's new. We placed them in an endless video conference with everyone they couldn't stand in life. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I try to make I try to make it so that uh, you know people will laugh at at a sad situation or an un, un, unhappy uh, unhappy situation, and that that's part of what part of my reason for for being. So I still write copy and I and I still draw pictures. And now I work with um, with a lot of brands that are. Um, Technology, cybersecurity, um, things that are hard to explain um, and that need to be explained from people who are very technical to, for, to people who are not um, in a way that they'll listen to and understand and enjoy and, and remember and, and do. Um, so uh, Lisa should have a better LinkedIn profile so she can connect with the people who actually sell pencils. Wow, what's wrong with my LinkedIn profile, Eugene? I, I, maybe I, but it's true. Maybe I should get a pencil sponsor. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> Blackwing. Blackwings are my favorite. Um, although I do most on my iPad right now, so the the pencil I use mostly is my Apple Pencil now. Um, so 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 that's me. So people who need um, stories told, whether inside or outside a company, um, um, will come to me for both words and pictures to help them um, get their, across to the people who they need buy-in from, and it's really exciting. Cool. In in. If you're listening or watching, you see why I brought these people together. Mm -hmm. They've all basically taken the thing that they love and kind of followed the road to something they love even more. And I think that's a huge part of creativity is just following that, whether it's a yellow brick road or rose colored or um, a red unicorn. Carpet. I followed a red carpet. Yeah. yeah, I like your red I was carpet. getting there. But yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what I was trying to say is following the unicorn down the red carpet to the Aww. life that they want. But I kind of, it, it got lost somewhere between, you know, my brain and the words coming out. But the point is, the point is, whether you're traditionally creative, like my guess, or you just are creative. I mean, we all have that creative bone in our body and the pandemic is a really good example. I mean, we had to be creative for two years of how we did things, how we shopped, how we interacted. And whether if you if you are watching live or the replay, or even if you're listening, I would love to know what creative things that you discovered over the last couple of years, what path you went down that allowed you to explode your creativity and turn it into action. And, you know, this is, I think you all answered this question about it, about how you express your creativity. And so in doing the things that you're not doing when you're doing the things that you love, what other ways do you express your creativity? Do you see how I, how I made that relevant, friends? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, what? question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. Creative. So I think I understand. I'll, I'll take a stab at it. So instead of like doing what we do professionally or, you know, uh, for me, I uh, drumming. Um, I have a djembe drum, which I freaking love. And it started a few years ago. My good friend, Curtis Bird, if you're watching, he's an incredible drummer. He uh and a yoga instructor started this class, which is not happening anymore, unfortunately, but it was called Yoga Beats. And it was part yoga, part drumming, part meditation. And I loved it. I got addicted to it. 
I asked for a drum set when I was six. My parents got me like a fake one in first grade. I had a band. My dad and my mom were my bandmates, potato salad and coleslaw. I mean, we we went really far. Um, wait, wait, wait. Potato salad and coleslaw? I think my dad was like having lunch. I'm like, well, what's your name? I'm the boss. What's your name? And he's like, I'm potato salad. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was when I was six and a half. So like 15 years ago. So anyway, anyway, the drumming, it was just, I loved it so much and, and it's just all about rhythm. And the one thing I, well, there's many things I love about it, but it was so, such a way to express myself. And because I'm such a creative person, there was no attachment to it. It was just free and fun. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to put this in a sketch. Or I'm going to write a show about this. Or I'm going to try to like make a video. It was just like, nope, like I'm just going to get up and I'm going to bang on my drum. And like Lowry, what you were talking about, some of your power songs, we've done like affirmations, affir- affirmative drumming, you know, like I am, I am beautiful. I am, I am whatever, you know, oh. um, and which is great, you know, and it's the rhythmic drumming and it's just good for your heart. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, that is one of my favorite creative activities to do that just has, I have no expectations. That's not, it's just something to do for my soul. I just had those flashbacks. So this guy I dated, um, we were in our twenties. So back when I lived in Chicago, but he kept drumsticks in, in the little pocket in his car door. So whenever he got bored in traffic, that's what he would do. Mm-hmm. So it it's the same thing is what is something that you do that doesn't, it, it's got a purpose, but it doesn't tie into your other creative purposes, which is amazing. This is why we need creativity above and beyond, you know, the creative pursuits. Lowry. This so is, This is a hard question for me because I'm, you know, I'm so uh, kind of work focused that you know my creative stuff i mean i love i love writing songs i love music i love you know recording producing all that kind of stuff um to i guess for me it's kind of my space that i have and you know we're continuing to develop this this house that you know we we built this house and it's you know kind of always evolving and changing and now we're building you know rock walls down on the on the waterfront and stuff like that. And just kind of creating this beautiful space, um, which is quite organic, you know, as it goes. Um, I, yeah. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's my creative outlet. That totally counts. I love it. Counts. Okay. Yes. You get, you get a gold star. Okay. Good. I don't see it anywhere. I'm sorry. Your gold star is right here waiting for you. Oh, I have to come to California. You have to come to California. (laughs) I like that. So Lisa, what about you? Um, Yeah. So I had to think of a few different things. Um, I I sing in a choir. So that's always a lot of fun. And I like, um, I like, uh, I love music and I love singing, but my favorite part about that is, um, I don't sing solos. I like to be in, in the choir. I like to be a voice in the get, getting lost in the group. And and so that's why I like to sing alto or, so, or, you know, somewhere, something in the middle, not on the top. I don't, I can sing soprano, but I don't prefer it because when you're sort of in the middle of the chord, you kind of like just kind of zone out and become one with the whole, with the whole group. And I love singing harmony. Um, but the other thing that I do that I do pretty much every day is cook. 
And I think, it, it, you know, a lot of people consider that a chore at the end of the day, but I just love, you know, doing something with my hand, standing there and getting getting covered in grease and smelling like onions and all that stuff because it just feels like a whole different a different modality than what I've been sitting at my desk all day. Um, plus an extra, that big glass of wine you get like as a chef like while you're cooking doesn't hurt. I, li- I lived in Paris for about 12 years and I learned a lot about, about you know, not haute cuisine, but just kind of like how to throw something in a pan and turn it into something without really a recipe. And um, my husband appreciates it because it's this or um, you know, frozen like Marie Callender. So I, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a step up from, um, from what he was eating before we got married. And, um, you know, so I always have a very, a very appreciative uh, audience for, for my cooking, my cooking performances. So. I love that. And when we did the gold chat last night, that was my answer to what you do for creativity beyond work, mm. because it's the thing that I love about it is you can't be connected and cook. I mean, you can listen to music if you want, right? Or have some sort of other audio, whatever, but you cannot be tied to your computer or other electronic devices. And for me, that's like, it's freeing. So it's not just yeah. the the element, right? Yeah. And to, to me, the most creative thing about cooking that I do that I like is, is, is when I don't have the ingredients that I want, or just, I just have to throw something together with what's in the house. Um, my husband calls me MacGyver of the kitchen. It's like I can take really, really like scrounging around like a can of garbanzo beans and like a few other like really unrelated things and make it a pretty good meal out of it. Um, and by substituting pretty much everything <laughs> that would normally be in the original in the original recipe if there ever was a recipe. So, um, you know, it's nice to have all, all the things on hand, but usually I don't. I'm usually missing at least something, you know, that I, that I have to figure out how to do without without the without this main ingredient you know so it's it's always a fun puzzle to see how, what i can what i can whip up without you know with the, on the bare minimum of stuff see i would love to see you on like cutthroat kitchen or something because you would probably blow everybody away with that skill set yeah actually there there's a there was a show i think they had one here i think they had it here in the states but when i lived in uh, in, in in europe there was a show called ready steady cook that i absolutely loved that was like a two, they had like, it's it's way low tech compared to the cooking shows you see on TV now, but they had two like little kitchens on the stage and they all had like staples, like eggs and lemons and things like that. But every, but, but they picked two people from the audience who had a grocery bag and they couldn't spend more than like, I forget, like six pounds. This was England. Um, and so the, 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 there would be a chef on each kitchen and a, and a, and a regular like layperson contestant. And they had, they dumped out the bag and they never knew what they were going to get. You know, so it's like one person would get a can of lima beans, a banana and a squid, you know, <laughs> and somebody else would get, you know, the person on the other side would get, you know, a, a bag of apples, a, a pound of ground beef and, you know, and, and two, you know, two, two boxes of mushrooms and they'd have to do something, you know, and then make a whole meal like in 30 minutes. And then the, the audience would judge who won. And it was, it was, it was you know, it was fun. And I used to love how they, how they, how inventive they could be with so, with such, you know, not knowing what they were going to be able to work with. So I like to do that in all, all areas of my life. Like, okay, just, mm-hmm. just set me down with whatever's there and I'll make something out of it. You know, it's improv baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what cartooning is. That's kind of what a cartoonist does. Also, if you're going to be doing gag cartoons, I mean, when I do stuff with the New Yorker, when the, the things that I submit that are supposed to be for the magazine need to be kind of timeless 
because you never know when they're going to run them. But they have something called the Daily Cartoon that they run every day online. And that is sort of ripped from the headlines and all the cartoonists who have an idea that morning send in a sketch and they pick one and then you have to finish it in like an hour for them to make it, you know, be be finished to go onto the website. And so I've won that a couple of times and it's really fun because you're like something happens in the news or something, you just, you know, something's happening in life in general and and something strikes you funny and then you just you just use what's what's happening in life and just make something funny of it. That's where the that that uh, Zoom cartoon came from. Um, and that ran as the daily cartoon. And, and that's kind of what Lowry was saying when he was doing songs on the spot in classrooms, right? It's just. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, as you're talking about this, the word resourcefulness, you yeah. know, comes to mind for me. I think that's why I love creativity so much because, you know, the just the idea that no matter how rough things get, you know, it, it, wherever we're at, the, you know, when you're resourceful, to me, that that's a quality I really admire in people, that they can just, you know, work with what they've got and they can really do creative things. And I think that there's not only is that sort of efficient and effective and stuff, but the thing about creativity that I see is that it is the spark of joy for people that like I look at my like I like to draw but I have such a strong inner critic that whenever I go you know I'll draw something and I'll draw my toe or my foot or my hand or you know something like that and while I'm doing it I kind of have to have this argument with my inner critic and and finally you know I write it down and and then I look at it an hour later and I look at it I just think I just love this you know it's just my thumb but and it's somehow you just love it you know and I and I see that when you know, this sense of, of kind of, it's such an empowering thing to create something from nothing. And, and I love, you know, I love cooking too. I love that. And I love cooking, you know, with my girlfriend and doing, you know, doing that as a team effort. Um, but, but yeah, you know, just this idea of, uh, I remember somebody that used to be, was a social worker and she talked about how she loved the creativity of that work. Cause you know, you've got people that have these problems and then she has certain resources that she can throw at that and, and being innovative in how you do that stuff. Like creativity isn't just by any means limited to the arts, you know, it, it just, it's like, a, it's problem solving. It's coming up with new ideas, right? It absolutely is. And I realized I should have asked this question. So I will ask it now. What is creativity? You know, resourcefulness. I love it. It's joy. Erin, what is it to you? Oof. Uh, yeah, I like what Larry, Lowry is saying. It's not just limited to something like you can see and touch. I mean, you can create your day, right? Like there's like people who are so organized and know or like manage their time or just create, create your freaking life. Um, yeah, what does it mean to me? Um think it's listening to it's definitely imagination and um listening to the little whispers listening to like my gut you know like and and envisioning it and I remember years ago I was in a um comedy duo it was my friend Michaela Dietz and I she was I'm five nine she's as short as I am tall she was Asian she sounded like a guy like so we were those girls (laughs) that dumb show d-u-m and every time we like would be texting, like, oh, I've got this idea for a sketch. One of us would go, oh my God, that's so dumb. It's in. Like that was our like litmus test. Um, 
But, uh, oh my God, where was I going with that? See, I'm all over the place. What did I, why did I bring that up? You were talking about inspiration, listening yeah. to little whispers. Oh, because I had this idea. Do you guys remember there was an ad? At least maybe you, maybe you created it for um, <laughs> beef. It was like uh, that famous song. I some, it, it would be like beef. What's what's for dinner? Oh, yeah. it's what's for dinner. Oh, yeah. it, they used they used Aaron Copeland's um, rodeo. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So I don't That's know why. Yeah. Yes, I had a whole thing in my head of like lunch meat. It's what's for dinner. And so I had that idea forever, which is so dumb. And then she walked in my life. I'm like, we're going to make this video. And we did it. And we just, I lived in a trailer park in the Palisades at the time. And we just bought all this freaking lunch meat and it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's it, so much is to do with your imagination and, and running with your imagination and just trusting it and having fun with it. And like that critic that shows up, Hey, feed it a cracker. Thanks for coming. You can sit in the back mm. right now. We love you, but we're going to yeah. keep on, we're going to keep on trucking. And, um, you know, the best is like when you're just in the zone too, and it doesn't, it's not for anything for, at least for me. Yeah. But it's so just following your imagination. Well, when you sit down to like brainstorm or create or whatever, and then you're like, I'm hungry. Why am I hungry? Oh, it's six hours later. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you just are so Absolutely. I, I love it glow. Happens. Yeah, me too. Um, my answer to that question is, is somewhere between what Aaron and Larry already said. I love the resourcefulness. Um, I love like my, my big question for creativity is what else could this be? Like what, like how, how, how else could you do this? Like, in the ad business, it was always like that. You come up with an idea that you think is amazing. And I had a boss, Frank DeVito, and he's always saying, what else you got? What else you got? No matter what, no matter how many good ideas, it's like what is it that wasn't good enough? What else you got? He was always asking us for more, and and you know when you push yourself to continue thinking, well, what else? What else could this be? How else could this could this work? What else could happen in this story? Um, you know, you'll find something. Um, you'll you may find something, or you may find out that your first idea was the best, and that was like a spark or some inspiration or whatever. But I've always found that if you keep working, um, or you keep asking those questions. You'll find some things that, that 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 might be way better than what you originally thought, even if you thought the first thing was amazing. Um, and one of the things that I've gotten into recently is I recently got certified in design sprints. And if you don't know what that is, it's nothing to do with like graphic design. It has to do with solving problems and designing solutions for things. Um, and uh, you'll see that it comes out of Google, um, but it can be can work in any kind of company or any kind of problem or any kind of product where you always ask, it's, it's HMW, how might we, how might we solve this problem? How might we create a, uh, you know, a, a, a solar panels that don't, you know, that are, that are small, that can fit on top of a car? How might we, you know, make, make something, you know, that works a certain way, that solves a certain problem. And then everybody works together, but they work alone. And instead of, instead of um, brainstorming in the old fashioned way that I love because I'm a big talker, but the introverts don't really do very well on those. Everybody works on their own thing um, with like a stack of post-it notes and then puts up their post-it notes. And then it, you know, nobody's influencing anybody else. Then you get way more ideas and you get to kind of, it's interesting to see who comes up with similar stuff. Um, and uh, it's incredible what you can generate when you just ask um, and how, how might we is a great, is a great creativity um, starter because how is obviously has, you know, all kinds of connotations, but then might is like, oh, it, it doesn't have to be this. It could be that and you're not committing to it very much. So there's not a lot of pressure. And then we, 
kind of suggest that we're doing it together and, and it's no no one person's responsibility to to have the idea to be the hero and, and it's, it's my idea that won you know so it's i really like that modality a lot and i try to use it with with my clients even when we're not doing a full-on design sprint because it's it, it lets everybody really think deeply about about um you know, really, and, and quietly, but at the same time, you're together. So there's that sense of camaraderie and accountability and um, togetherness. So I really like that. So it's the whole working alone together, which is mm-hmm. great because it's the common goal. We'll use my favorite word again. Um, the B in the dev method stands for brainstorm your path. So mm-hmm. I love brainstorming and it's because my system, it's so writing and free thinking and brainstorm focused. One thing that I say a lot is, you know, brainstorm, I don't want five or 10 ideas. I want 20 or 30 or 50 for the same reason what you were talking about a minute ago, Lisa. You may end up with the first thing, but if you want to really stretch your brain, you need to do the list, the laundry list, and see the different possibilities. Well, it sounds like fun, and it sounds like I'm, I'm going to throw this to Aaron. Um, it's kind of like yes, and for mm-hmm. improv, right? Hundred percent. I was thinking that the whole time you were saying it. Uh, like the word openness comes to mind too. Like just to remain open to the possibility of what's going to come in and drop in, and because when you're when you're closed off, like that's not a creative. Like you're just not creative. Like you got to just be open and not be even if you feel fearful, but just step into it. But yeah, with improv, so many times people think, oh, well, I'm not funny. Like to do, to prove, to be an improv performer and improv comedy. It's like, well, it's not about being funny. It's, and it's when two people get up on stage with nothing except maybe a suggestion from the audience. It's not my idea is better than your idea. Like you said, Lisa, it's my, I'm going to throw out an idea. And the it, when the, when you're trained and you understand how the, the method works, I guess, and you're going to say, yes, I acknowledge your idea and I'm going to add to it. And the other person's like, and that you can add to it with words, with emotions, with changing the stage picture. There's a million different ways, but it's like you work together and you, you play true to the circumstances of the scene. And that's where hopefully the comedy comes from. But if you go in there, nothing worse than getting in an improv scene with someone who's like, it's my idea or nothing, you know? And it's just like, mm-hmm. they're not all about being available to the moment it's being present and listening and it's not about me it's about us and it's it was if I and I talk about this too it's it's so applicable to life like if you want to do better in a meeting not all the stress is on you even if you're trying to close a deal you know whatever that your meeting is about focus on the other person and really listening to what their needs and wants are and it's just a back and forth and then it's who knows it could be a masterpiece it could also be a disaster but at least you're open to the possibility of, you know, something new. It could be a disaster piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it would be funny. <laughs> Lowry, do you have anything to add to this choo-choo train of thought? Uh, yeah, you know what, I, what, I mean, just back to resourcefulness, I'm thinking about, you know, what Aaron does, what she, you know, like a red bath mat, you know, like that's resourceful. Like talk about not having you know, not having a million dollar budget and not having a crew and, you know, not like, and and the same with Lisa. I mean, we're talking about a pencil and a piece of paper here, right? I mean, it's the whole thing about creativity that I think is so exciting is the fact that we're creating something remarkable from nothing, right? And, And the thing that I notice about, I sort of see that 
if people aren't, um, the opposite is, is consuming. Like to me, the people that I see that aren't creative in their lives are people that are, you know, spending money on, you know, status symbols and on, on being on passive entertainment, you know, they're watching TV, they're not on TV They're, You know, I see, uh, I see that artists and creative people are really happy with, with a lot less. They're, we don't tend to be, you know, really big consumers. I mean, maybe we'll spend money on, you know, nice instruments or something, nice tools, things like that. But even then, you know, I got this piano for like $388. That's a $3,000 piano, you know, it was because I just knew what I wanted. And then it's just a matter of, you know, manifesting it. Right. But, but, but I, I think it's super healthy um, for the planet for us to be, you know, creative and, and, and where Lisa's saying, you know, how might we like, how might we, you know, get from point A to point B without destroying the planet or how might we, mm. you know, just do all these things that are, you know, create, you hear it all the time that creativity will save the planet and consumption mm. won't. So, you know, the things that we can do to sort of bring that need down that we're really satisfied with, you know, and fulfilled and we have meaning and all these kinds of things that just, you just don't get from shopping. You know, there's yeah, just well, actually consuming infor consuming information and, and 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 entertainment and stuff like that is similar to that. Uh, Larry, I wanted to jump in because it, it's it's I find that when I'm doing more of that consumption, it's it's in order to like avoid doing my creative work or put it off or procrastinate or just like you know if I'm sitting I'm busy doing something else or watching somebody else's webinar or sitting and learn even learning things. I'm thinking, well, that's this is not me creating. This is me consuming. And why am I doing this? Because I really don't need another webinar about this topic, which I can teach myself if I want to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah so, um, and as far as tools are concerned, and manifesting things and consuming, I, I, I have to, I have to, I have to share this. I was working with a client uh, on Friday, and I, 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 I was only. You know, she's a small business owner, and I'm not going to mention who she is, but she's a small business owner, and I didn't. I, I was being. She's in a networking group with me, and I didn't want to charge her too much, so I was going to charge her like 500 bucks to sit and work with her on her business. And uh, she hadn't paid me yet, so I asked her on Saturday, "Hey, do you mind if I send you an invoice for what we agreed?" And she said, "Well, actually, I have a present for you. I want to drop it by your house." And I'm thinking, "Oh, great! You know, she's, 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 she can't. She, I, she, she's probably so stressed. She really can't, can't afford like 500 bucks." So she shows up at my place. We, we meet at Starbucks. She shows up at my place, brand new iPad Pro, um, wow. top of the line, a pen, a new pencil, a new case. I mean, my iPad is like five years old, so she knew that. And so this is this is what and it, it's worth like mo many multiple times what I was charging her. And she was like, you know, you, I, I got so much out of out of our time together, and um, I was helping her also draw pictures, like what she can use in her webinars and things. She was, um, she, I was, well, I'm just completely blown away, but you can, you can, you can get those without actually having to go out and buy them if you just, if you just are open to the universe providing, right? Sweet. Um, so that's, that's why I wanted to sell that story. It just happened. So I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still like floored that she would do that. It was pretty cool. So, mm. so, so Lowry, what is the iPad manifestation song? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was sad, but now I'm glad because I have an iPad. It's a terrible. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, Lisa, that was fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. 
That, yeah. That's it, it, you know, you can have it fast, you can have it good, or you can have it cheap. Pick any two. Right? We've, all, we've all heard that one, right? Oh no! Well, the um, only thing I I do to that is <laughs> is you know maybe make the melody reflect the emotional journey, right? Oh, yeah. I was sad, you know, I was sad, yeah. and now I'm glad because I got a brand new iPad. New iPad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was sad, now I'm glad. Yeah, you know what I mean, that stuff, right? But, you but know, you know, like, what a simple little idea, right? And, and, and you know, that and that came off the top of your head. And, and what I love is, like, the surprise of, like, lowering the bar when it comes to your creativity. Mm. It's like, you know, so often it's just like this stuff. I was listening to this woman, a uh, songwriting teacher, uh, one of her workshops, and a woman named Andrea Stolpe, who I, I just I love the way she teaches. And she says, you know, like when you're writing a song, like take a, li you know, take a listen to like these songs that you think are so great. You know, like some John Mayer song that starts and it goes, I was driving down Highway 66. It's like, it's not that brilliant, right? <laughs> and we like you've got this, you know. You've it, 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 like this stuff is just everywhere, and we hold these, we hold ourselves, I think, to some pretty stupid standards, some high standards sometimes. And, and you look at the, your favorite stuff, you know. I've just seen a face, I can't forget the time, the place, you know. And, and some of the some of the stuff that that you hear, it's just like that's not even acceptable, and it's a hit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they get yeah. a red carpet. Yeah, I know, I know. But so sometimes you just have to give yourself permission, you know, instead of waiting for. That's the other thing yeah. about creativity is like, is like no one's going, no fairy godmother is going to come and tell you you're allowed to be creative. Now it's up to you to to decide. And yeah. those of us who had who who were identified as having oh creative talents, meaning artistic kinds of talents, at an early age, we we give ourselves permission to do these kinds of things. But I didn't really give myself permission. I, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm old, okay? And I'm it took older me a long than time. you are. I don't know. Yeah. Surprise. I'm um, 68. So, all right. Yeah. You, it's, it's true. You are older than me. Not much. <laughs> um, but, any, <laughs> but, you know, it took a long time for me to allow myself to, to you know, because it seems like, well, if it's this much fun, should I be making money? Is that allowed? I mean, is it, aren't, isn't work supposed to be hard and miserable? And, and, and you know, my now that I'm doing what I really enjoy, instead of forcing myself to do things that I thought I should do because people needed it, whatever, um, it, it's I, I find I'm making more money, getting more clients, people are more happy. And, um, you know, and everybody's more happy because I'm doing something that only I can really do the way I do it instead of trying to fit myself into a, into a box. Um, and, and the last thing I wanted to say about creativity that I didn't want to forget is I think faith is a big, is a big aspect to it because Deborah, you'll know this, you'll, you'll recognize this. I, I do a little bit of oil painting. I, I don't think I'm all that good, but I, you know, I'm taking lessons from a, from someone I know and it's really complicated. You know, there's a lot to know. There's a lot of, and, and you know, you, you start and you have this whole idea of how the painting's supposed to look. And about halfway through, it just looks like a big pile of mud. It looks like a big pile of crap. And you're thinking there's really no point to this at all. It looks horrible. But you just have to just like, because you're allowed to build on it, you know, it's not watercolor where wherever whatever you got is what you got. All your oil you can build up. And I have a painting right here that I like to look at. And I think, you know, when I first started it, it really wasn't very promising. And halfway through, it was like, I was going to throw it away because it was just, you know, a mess. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But if you just keep keep at it, 
you come out the other side, eventually you, it, the picture reemerges and you begin to see, oh, I'm, I, I, see what, I see what this could be. And, but you had to stick with it. You had to not give up. And I think that happens in the second act of a screenplay. I think that happens, you know, partway through building a business. I think that it, it comes apart. It's like a marriage, like everyone's happy honeymoons at the beginning. And you always see the happy, you know, the, the happy ending at the end. But in the middle, when you're trying to work things out, it's really hard. And that's when a lot of people give up. And so the faith that it's going to be okay in the end, and that even if it isn't, you'll learn something, you'll do it better next time is, is, is to me, um, I don't know if that's creativity, but it's a big part of what allows creativity to exist. Well, you it's know. the hero's journey and the writer's journey. You know, yeah. everybody has that. But I think what you're saying, um, and I was raised by an artist, you know, if it could get painted, including me, mm -hmm. it would get painted. So, um, so I was raised with that, that um, support and that creative spirit. So I totally get that. And it's also the drive to move forward. It, I started my original writer support group when I was doing events at Barnes and Noble because someone came in and asked me, you know, would you start this thing? And what I found was the creative people needed that encouragement because they weren't getting it in their lives. So this reminder, if you're creative and we're all creative to keep nurturing it and see what things turn into, because it could, you don't know what you, you can or will create unless you are given not only the opportunity, but you give yourself the permission to do it. Mm. If you don't do it, you're going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's in your belly. It's a fire in your belly. And if you don't stoke that fire, it's, it's still going to be there. It might get a little dim, but you might get a little bit more bitter. And, you know, and for me, it's been like, you know, I gave my, the Hollywood hustle, I mean, all my, all my life. And then I had to decide like, well, this other thing keeps calling me the red carpet. And it was people hiring me to still do this thing. And when I, I had to get out of my own way, cause I had this other vision of, cause I'm with you, Lisa, on the faith thing, because I do believe if you don't create it, it's never going to happen. Like it only comes mm -hmm. through me. It only comes through you. Like you're so much doing well, it sounds, sounds like because you're following your soul, you know, like and that's just exuberant. So people want are attracted to that. Plus your work mm -hmm. is awesome, you know, but if you don't if we don't do it now, then it's never, ever going to be in existence. And I do believe we're all blessed with certain gifts and talents, whatever those are. And um you got to use them. But for me, like personally too, it was finding that balance of like being willing to stay open and let go of maybe this vision that I had. And I was like, yo, dude, like upstairs, uh, you gave me this humor. I thought I was going to be on SNL. Well, guess what? It didn't happen, but guess what? That's still okay. Cause now I'm like, finally, I'm at a different point in my life where I think that all this craziness with is now merging like confidence coach. What? Oh, actually it's deeper. So I'm like, I feel like this, this work that I'm stepping into, I'm still enjoying the journey and I'm really, it's, it's a new discovery. It's a, yet another transformation. It's an evolution and being willing to follow that. It just feels better right now. It feels more free. So, you yeah. Know, you know, Aaron, I want my own red carpet. I want, are you, you should like corner the market on red bath mats and just send them to all your clients. I mean, seriously, I want one like right here, right now, maybe, maybe with a small well, start on it. Yes. You know, you, and that's what I talk about. Like the, your red carpet persona, you know, some coach I had a, couple of years ago, I had to get me to get rid of the name. And I'm like, okay, like I'm willing to be open to a new suggestion. And I'm like, give yeah, it every, she was like speaking, speak freely. I'm like, Pfft. like it all no, just like, so gross and stiff. And I'm like, no one's going to walk in the room and be like, here's your red carpet. 
we all deserve the red carpet treatment because you're human and you made it here and you all have worth. So like freaking. I, I love it. It's it's a self self esteem. It's you're a star. You're a VIP. Yeah. You know. It, 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 no, I love it. My hair standing up and that was it's always a good sign. When I, was in the, when, I was the ad, when I was in the ad business, I had some very rude, crude remarks made to me by, by men I worked with who were always looking, ask, asking me, uh, you know, uh, how, I, how I felt about ideas and, and trying to gauge it by, by, by you know, my, my bodily functions. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, when, I, when there's a, when there's a um, you know, when I, I, it feels really good to me. It feels really like a really, like really fun idea that has legs, we used to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, B-Y-O-R-C. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as a coach and consultant, I'm actually offended that someone try, tried to tell you to get rid of that because I am in, you talk about your journeys and how you step into what you do. What I do is tell people, you know, embrace yourself, give yourself that me time. I talked about the B is brainstorm your path. The D is determine your mission, find your foundation and let it grow. And creativity is such an important part of that because if you don't explore, you're you're where you are, right? 100%. And I and I love so we've got the red carpet treatment. You've got Lisa ready to do your marketing, and Lowry can write the theme song and stardom. Oh wait. <laughs> And and everybody, everybody can. Larry, this is for you. Every everybody can. Everybody can draw like a, a person, and it could be like it, like like if you draw a draw. Wait, hang on a second. You draw a uh, a keyhole. You got like a like an old timey keyhole. I don't know if it's not, is it not showing on here, is it? It's not. No. It's taking. It's it's. No, it's too. It's too. Um, there there it goes. Is. It's uh. There's, there's a big. Um, there's a big delay. There's a big delay. It doesn't want to do it. All right. It's there catching it up. So you have an old timey keyhole and then you just, then you just, you know, you, you, you close, you close it up and it's taking a really long time to, to catch up here. But then you, uh, then you just add some, you know, some, some hands and, uh, and some feet, legs and feet. And you, ha- and you, and you end up with a, with a pretty, a pretty uh, okay person. I'm really sorry this is taking so long. It's obviously my, my, every, there's a humongous delay. Oh, there we go. There's hands. <laughs> Well, this is what I what I try to tell people when I teach them how to draw. I have a, I have a, uh, a course that I, not, not a course, but like a w- workshop that I do. That's basically, um, you know, showing people who think they can't draw that actually they can. Um, right. and, and and I always say I always say to them that it's really not about art; it's about like articulating an idea. Um, and then you can always, you know, like add add um, other other elements to uh, to this person. And since we were talking about cooking, uh, I'm going to add a few things to this person that's going to it'll show up in a second. Um, but it's, it's really, it's not about, um, like what you said uh, before, Aaron, it's not about, um, being the star in an improv show. It's about like dancing with the, with the, with the, with the elements and stuff like that. And for me, especially when people are brainstorming and stuff, it's not about, um, creating something like, like a Da Vinci. It's about, it's about, um, creating something that other people can understand and say, oh, I can see that's a story about cooking or it's a story about, you know, whatever. So, um, and and after people sit with me for like a you know either an hour or 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 three hours or a couple of days, um, if it's a group, it's like they come out able to do all kinds of expressions and people and icons and, and but especially things like ideas like metaphors and like icebergs and roads and things so many things like just like you said, Laurie, like so many 
songs have a similar, um, um, they're not that complicated. So are a lot of ideas that anyone can draw. An iceberg is just a blob with a wavy line like water on it, but it says so many things because what you see on top is 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 like that's what you see, and all of a sudden under the water is what you don't see. Like why is this thing happening, and um, you know all that kind of stuff is really opens up a conversation, and anybody can draw that picture, but most people won't because they think, oh, well, I'm not an artist, you know. So you should, that's you one of the things really wanna... for people that really want to get better at Pictionary. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm like I'm not I'm not allowed. I've been banned from Pictionary with all my friends. I'm like the, <laughs> I'm not allowed to play. I'm not allowed to play. I can be the scorekeeper. I want you on my um, team. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants me on their team. That's the problem. I need <laughs> I need to do Pictionary with cartoonists, and then then I'll then it would be fair. Like, uh, this yeah. is a a perfect time, and then in a minute, I'm going to ask you all to gift goals to the audience. But what I would love for you all to do first is to tell people where they can find you. Because, Lisa, I know you've got this great thing on your site, which is like a cheat sheet to doodling. Yeah. Um, you can do, now, my, my site at this moment, this, at this moment today that we're recording, this is kind of in the middle of being under construction. So hopefully it'll work. If it doesn't, um, uh, find me on LinkedIn at lisarothstein.com forward slash profile. But if you go to drawingoutyourgenius.com, and there should be a link at the top that says uh, Doodle Dictionary. You can download um, a few pages worth of, like I was telling you about these icons that are really easy to draw out of circles or squares or triangles. And you'd be, you'd be amazed what you can make. And um, so it's drawingoutyourgenius.com. And um, yeah, like if you, if you have like a, if you make a circle, you can make a million different things. But even from each of those things, like I, I, I make a, 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 a um, I, I won't do it now because it's of the delay, but I make a world like the globe. Just you take a circle and a couple of little squiggles on it. It doesn't have to be geographically correct at all. But then you put words next to it, depending on what you want that that that, that symbol to mean. So you imagine a, a, you know, a picture of the globe and you put the word peace next to it, or you put the word climate, or you put the word travel. You know, it, it means completely different things. It opens up a completely different conversation. And, and but it's still because you have the because you have the doodle or the icon, it it, it, it focuses people's attention and it gets people involved and and, and uh, engaged with, with the conversation much more than if you're just talking about it. So um, that's what you'll get if you if you if you download the doodle dictionary. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, I was I was playing. I wasn't doodling, mm. but I was very intrigued, especially as someone mm. who is the opposite of talented in drawing. So I'm going to play. I love Everyone it. says that. It's not, it's it's irrelevant. It's not true anyway. Actually, it is true because remember <clears throat> I was saying that I used to do events at Barnes & Noble? I remember, I, and this is, it was around St. Patrick's Day, so this must be why I was thinking about it. We're recording this mid-March, is we were doing like a rainbow party. And I drew a poster and someone said, it was great that you got a kid to draw the poster. It was me. <laughs> that, shows that, that shows you're, uh, that you're, uh, you're um, unspoiled and childlike. It's wonderful. Innocent. Well, <laughs> awesome. Go yay me. Mm -hmm. Lowry, where can people find you? Uh, well, my, my own songs and my music and my albums and all that stuff are at LowryOlifson.com. But uh, powersongs.ca is is the place where if people are interested in knowing more about how, you know, they could create a power song for themselves or 
couples or families or you know team building all those different way things that we use um creating an audio brand for your business all that kind of stuff powersongs.ca excellent and aaron where can people find you you can find me at hotredcarpet.com and on all social media it's at hotredcarpet and if you do go to my website, there is a little freebie and you get these little red carpet cards that give you tips, five tips to being red carpet confident. Um, they're silly and fun. And um, yeah, and you'll be on my email list and I do not bombard people. I, I don't. I wish I did. I don't. I should. Yeah, me either. <laughs> you may never hear from me again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, what we, I, not to go off on a whole other tangent, but a big part of collect, um Creativity, I feel the, the word collaboration hasn't really come up, but I feel like it's such at the heart of it, especially with this crew, because it's like you really do. I work best collaborating with people, even if you're solo, it's like you, you're still creating something, but then you also want the audience, too. So it's collaboration is also a huge part. Yeah, I love and it. that's and that's why I enjoy these conversations so much, because I get to bring now occasionally the people on my show do know each other, but this is more likely it's people who don't know each other who I think would make a great conversation. And that that's why I love this format because you don't know what great things will come out of all of this. Uh, I should mention, if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recap for this in all my previous shows. And also if you want to learn more about how I can help you figure out what you want and how to get it, you can go to the devmethod.com slash goals or if you just want to go through the process on your own, grab a copy of your goal guide on Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. I am at the Deb Method everywhere offering goal setting inspiration all the time. And it starts with that creativity, seeing where you can go on the path of the life you want, which brings me to goals. And I would love to ask my guests to gift a goal to the audience to help them to tap into their creativity. And Lowry, would you like to start? Sure. I, and, you know, this is the, something that I've started doing myself now. I've uh, I've uh, actually scheduled songwriting practice time. And, and it's not practice. It's playtime. It's really judgment-free. I allow myself to go in and I, and I do it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon just for an hour. And I anything counts, whether I'm noodling on guitar at the beach or I'm um, you know, to plan, just coming up with ideas, or I mean, you know, it can be. I was just in Mexico and I was trying to write a song about called "Taken One for the Team," talking about people in Toronto at thirty below, and I was just, you know, taking one for the team at thirty uh, above. That's mm -hmm. uh, fair enough. At centigrade, you guys wouldn't get that, but um, anyway, uh, but but you know, just that playfulness, allowing that. And I just wanted to say one more thing, and, and because Lisa and I were talking about getting old, and what I see is that creativity is something that we take with us forever. You know, you look at the work Leonard Cohen was doing in his 80s, and, you know, kind of forced back to it by maybe economics, but this idea that, you know, we our creativity is something that I think I see in people that are healthy and vital and alive and really have a lot of meaning and joy in their lives. This is a really, it's a really great thing to, to keep going and to have that playfulness and not, you know, not sort of be heavy about it, but set aside time, set aside time and say, this is my time for being playful. 
I really like that you added that. I'm all about scheduling appointments for everything. So great goal to schedule playtime, but the reminder to be playful <laughs> while you're doing it, even more important. So thank you for that one, Lowry. Lisa, what is your goal? A goal for, 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 your, for your viewers? Yes. What goal would you like to gift people today? Okay. Well, this is this is a this is actually um, kind of more of an exercise, like a what you sometimes have it as, a, as an icebreaker in a meeting, but you might really enjoy it. Um, just to get yourself, if you especially if you feel like Deb that you that you're unable to to draw things, um, it's an exercise called Thirty Circles. And what I, what I'd love for you to do is is take a piece of paper, any piece of paper or your iPad, and draw draw thirty circles. They don't all have to be exactly perfect or the same, and then. Set, set a timer for say like five minutes and see how many different things you can make out of each of those circles. I'll get you started. It could be a wheel or different kinds of balls or a balloon. Um, um, you, your extra points if you use two circles together, like a, maybe be like a motorcycle, I don't know. But what can you do with the 30 circles and, let, and, 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 and challenge yourself to fill all of them in with something and you'll be surprised how many things you can, can, you can think of, but also how, how, how how readable they are because I can think of drawing as language how readable all of them really are and, that, and that's all you really need again it doesn't have to be a um uh you know something that Escher would draw it's just something that you want to that you would be able to understand that someone else would be able to say that's a baseball that's a wheel that's a that's a balloon that's a lifesaver you know so anyway give it a try and you'll be surprised and then you could do it with squares and then you could do it with triangles I well, see you could going with this you could, but circles is circles is, is probably the easiest one because there are so many different things that everyone knows about that, that come right to mind when when it when when it's a circle. So okay, so big and small. With circles. Yeah. All sizes. Fantastic. Aaron, yeah. what goal that. would you like to gift? Uh before I really can't wait to do the circle thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with what you both just shared too about um your exercise, Lisa and Larry saying like, when you're older, like you just, you never, the creativity doesn't stop. And I feel like it's true. If it, if it does stop, then you stop. Like look, Norman Lear, I think just turned 99 years old. And the man is like, he is sharp as attack and he's still producing television right now today. Wow. Um, so, and like that, it just keeps you, it keeps your brain going. It keeps your mental capacity. Like my grandmother, she lived till she was like 93 and a half and she lost her vision, but she did the jumble every day, like in the daily news. And we'd be like with our vision trying to, you know, car wrote like, and she'd be like, Rosebud next. Like she just could <laughs> important to, uh, to, it keeps them the mental muscles going. So my goal, um, first off, I would and welcome everybody to be cognizant this week of what the red carpet moments of your life are. Cause I believe every day we have little red carpet moments. And to me, that means a moment of celebration. Um, as if, you know, you showed up fully, maybe you stood a little taller, you, you smiled, you know, it just, it brought joy to you. You celebrated some sort of accomplishment. It could be a beautiful meal you make. It could be a song you write. It could be a cartoon. It could be that you got your butt out of bed. <laughs> you know? So I would, I, that's my, that would be a simple goal if you can, uh, before you go to sleep at night, think of a red carpet moment that you had. Or what I would call gold star moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The moments of celebration. Okay. So the goal is to 
look for those moments to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. And acknowledge yourself, acknowledge yourself. I think that acknowledgement goes such a long way and we're so prone to acknowledge other people, which is a beautiful thing, but to give it back to ourselves is huge. You know, I try to start my day in gratitude and end it in acknowledgement and it builds a field of receptivity that just gives more creativity, right? Yes. We need to celebrate everything because if we don't do it, who else will, right? Celebrating, creating, being playful. It starts with us and then we see where it can go. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Aaron Brown, Lisa Rothstein, and Lowry Olafson, thank you so much for joining me to talk about creativity. So much fun. I would love one final thought from each of you. What words do you want lingering? Lisa? Oh, I thought I thought we'd done the big wrap up and I, I, I oh my God, <laughs> pressure, pressure. Um, um, just, it's kind of a just do it moment. I, 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 I spent a long time um, avoiding and not giving myself permission to do what I really wanted to do. And we, as far as we know, we only get, get to do this once. So, you know, don't, don't wait. Um, Cause you also, you never know. We spoke before when we came on the call about someone I knew, um, wonderful creative woman, musician who, you know, uh, had a had a car accident um, right after I worked with her, and you know, um, and she's gone. She didn't know that was going to happen. So just you know, don't 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 think it's going to happen someday. Uh, you know, get started now. The worst that can happen is you'll you, you won't it won't turn out exactly like you planned. So what? Yeah, might it's more than more than one word. And what about you, Lowry? Um, I'll build on Lisa's and uh, and say yes. You know, say yes. Listen to you know, listen to your heart, listen to your longings, and and say yes. I approve that thought definitely because when you say yes to yourself, it's you're gifting yourself the life that you deserve. So excellent, and Aaron. My word is laugh. Don't take it all so seriously. Just laugh every single day. That, what a great note to leave this on. Uh, Thank you all again so much for joining me to talk about creativity. Those of you, whether you are watching live or the replay or listening, thank you for choosing yourself, choosing creativity and choosing to spend time with us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, and join me next week for another wonderful conversation. Meanwhile, go out there, go for it, because we all know whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.